the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We got some fun stuff to do today, including later, a little bit before 5 o'clock. I'm going to share something that I saw at Panera today that just annoys. Just I love the, when you vent about Panera. Just. Your favorite place, but you vent was, about things you see. It's not so see. much about Panera, yeah. about some people that were sitting yes. near me at Panera. Yes. So, your, your Panera experiences. Yep, we're yes. going to do that. But first, fun. let's talk about our weekends. Okay. I've got quite the story, but I would like to start in the happy realm because yeah. mine is not necessarily happy. So, you had your big book launch party this I weekend. Did. How did it go? Oh, it was so, so precious. I'm an, I'm waiting for the photographer to give me the pictures to post more on social media. But he, the, the lunch party went so well. And, I mean, the best part about it is, like, all these little kids from our church, you know, they're, like, walking down the street to the office and... Kevin's welcoming in them and these little precious kids are signing the guest book. And then we had a craft table for them, like a big feelings days related craft. And they're all sitting in. And then we gathered around for story time and I read the story and all these like precious faces, like you just feel the weight of like stewarding this message for kids' hearts. They're all just looking so expectantly and so excitedly, you know what I mean? (laughs) And they listen. Oh, they listened like it's a little bit of a long book, but they listened the whole time and they acted things out and they were so engaging. And then they had like some of the kids wanted me to sign their books. Which so I just funny. couldn't. I mean, it was just like I couldn't meaning I couldn't <laughs> emotionally. Like it was so sweet. And then it was over. Like that was kind of the best part about it too. It was like, you know, it's a kid's party, so you're not gonna really linger. So they're like they got their snacks, their little mini muffins and fishy crackers and Auntie Anne's and you guys basically ran a ran a child care. Yeah, Yeah, were they able to drop their children? No, no, no. Parents stayed for sure. Parents stayed. It was fun. We saw some friends we haven't seen in a long time. We saw our our goddaughter's son, who we haven't seen in a very long time, and some other uh, you know friends of friends came. People we hadn't met before, so that was very fun. It was a very precious, nice, precious little day. So, as an author, I've never been an author. I've hardly read books. Is what I would say. (laughs) As an author, yes. Do you now just move on to the next one? Like, how, what is now you're like, right? You're like closed, so there's, but there's nothing for you to do with this I book know, anymore, right? I know. It is very funny. Like, and the reality is, I have another adult trade book due in January. So it is a little bit like romance okay, novel, right? Uh, yeah, I wish I was writing a romance novel. That is like my dream. My secret dream is to write a romance novel. Not an inappropriate one, but a Hallmarky type one. No, I'm moving on to my next. By the way, the inappropriate ones sell better, by the oh, way. That's true. My husband probably <laughs> wish I was writing that for the money. No, uh, yeah, I, you know, there's a couple more. Like, uh, I've got a friend of mine is going to do a big post about it on her website that gets a lot of onlookers. And so I'll share about that. And I've got a couple of their interviews to share. But otherwise, yeah, it's like moving on to the next project now. So it's a wild. What is, uh, are we wild. allowed to know what the next one's about? Or is it, yeah. is this a surprise? No, it's not really a surprise. I will say it's still in very, very, very editing phase. So it will be a book about the first year of grief or fresh grief. Oh, okay. Um, I've been writing it actually since my best friend Jen was uh, nearly dying. So I actually started writing it this 
time last year, and I've been writing it consistently. So um, every season, there's you know something that I'm writing about. And so it it's, almost feels a little more memoirish. It's a little memoirish, and it's following to. I mean, really, the anniversary of her death is coming up in December, and my book is due in January. There so, in one sense, I feel grateful for God's timing in that. It's allowed me to process my grief. It won't be strictly memoir. I would like it to be about. Fresh grief in general. Gotcha. I'll use the lens of my own story, but talk about what God is doing in the middle of Wonderful. that. Wonderful. Which is not easy book to write, I'll be honest. Yes, and to change into a kid's book, so that could be hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, glad that it did. All right, let me tell you about my weekend. Let's hear it. Ready? You had a big, like, an event this weekend, a so, thing. So, well, a thing happened to yes. me, yes. So Friday, my son had his football game. Two football games, last JV game, and then he's on the varsity team yeah. too. So we're out there for... Yeah, we, you would not, I enjoyed this greatly. I don't know how much you would have enjoyed six hours of football, right? So we're out uh, there. I would have loved six hours And then of it got, it, just by the time we got out and, you know, like hung out after the game, he got changed. I drove him home. So I was like, hey, you're probably tired. I'll drive, yeah. hop in the car. Yeah. I'll come. And then Carrie had already left with Emily. So we're driving home. We get off the highway. It's like 1030, 11 at night on Friday uh, where I live in Downers Grove, think about this if you know the western suburbs at all. I got off of 88 to Ogden Avenue. It's basically where you get off. The, yes. It's like says 355, but then you immediately peel off to Ogden Avenue. So it goes down. I'm um, sitting at a stoplight. Okay. Do this stoplight all the time. On to Ogden Avenue. Watching it. Light turns green. The arrow turns green. So think of it as kind of like a T. Ogden Avenue's yes. going. Yes. This is on, coming on to Ogden Avenue. Uh, so I feel like this is not a good story. Light turns green. I turn left. Yes. And all of a sudden, we get drilled. No. And thankfully, we didn't get T-boned. Like, I was just, because I was turning. So think about it as like a mix between a T-boning and like a glancing blow. Like, they got me pretty good near the front of the car. Okay. But thankfully, I was turning. Because if I'd been like going oh, more straight, straight it would have hit Jackson in the oh, passenger seat. Oh, that's so terrifying, So Brian. we're turning. Remember, if you remember my accident, like in no, April, like you, like, I hadn't had been an in accident. A, I have never been in an accident in my life, <gasps> and I'm un- now on my second in the last six months. Anoint your cars with oil, boy. So completely not my fault because this yeah. person blew the red light. Unbelievable! But when they hit me, I had this out of body moment of going, "Did I just do something wrong? Mm. What just because it was so confusing? Yeah, right, right." And I'm like, "No, I totally was turning on the <gasps> arrow." Aubrey, this has never happened to me before. Well, I've told you I've never really in accents. I'm turning. This person hits me, never stops. No. This person no. never tapped their brakes, and they Brian. were Brian. gone. It was a hit and run. That's a hit and run right there. Running of a red light. So I've been doing, my car is completely drivable. In fact, I drove it up here, but it does need a lot of fixing. Like sure. it's dented near Some the front. Work. Yeah. The hood, like, so it's got issues, but it's drivable. So I drove, I called Carrie and she knew, like, why else would I be calling her at 11? She's like, uh, what happened? I'm like, here's what happened. So I go home and okay. you get this Jackson's mix. Okay. Well, that's what happens. You end up with this mix of, I feel good. Okay. That could have been a lot worse. Yeah. That's so scary. Then you've got the, you've got to be kidding me. I cannot, but like I spent some time this morning at Gerber Collision and Glass this morning, mm. uh, set, getting an estimate, Come on. dealing with insurance on Saturday, yeah, all this yeah. stuff. And then the third one was this. Can I can I say this on Christian radio? What kind of scumbag drives I away after hitting you? I was thinking that. What? I was so yeah. mad yeah. and there's no yeah. record. Everyone's like, well, call the cops. Maybe there's a, a camera there. There's no camera there. Yeah. Like this guy, 
Not only did the, I'm guessing it's a guy. I'd like to think women wouldn't do this, but right. it could have been a, right. I'm guessing, drunk or a teenager or somebody it, without insurance, yes, whatever. Yes, there, there are lots of reasons why that doesn't make it okay. It doesn't uh, make him less of a scumbag. Not yeah. only did they not break, they sped away. They sped up and were go- I can't tell you anything about the car that hit us. That's how fast oh, this happened. Are you serious? The people are like, did, did you, you get try the license? calling the cops, though, just to see? Yes, oh. we did call and the that cops. Is, is what it is. It is. They were like, I'm really. That uh, feels so unjust, yeah, doesn't I'm, it? Yeah. Uh. I'm, it's one of those where it's like, yeah, I'm really, uh, you know, the cops Sorry. are great about it. Now, the beauty of insurance is that it's not my fault, so my insurance is going to go up, but. Because the other person's insurance isn't covering it, I got to pay my deductible, and then the rest is covered. So, by the way, if, any, if anybody was at the corner of Ogden and 355 on, a, on Friday night yeah. at about 11 o'clock and saw a Buick Encore get drilled. That's right. <laughs> spread the word for Brian's Please sake. let me know. Uh, but, Aubrey, in my soul this week, I've had to try to let go of the fact that, of the injustice of this. Like, uh, obviously, I'm thankful nobody got hurt. Yeah. I'm thankful that I have insurance. Yeah. All of this stuff. But, like, when that guy drove away, I, I had every thought of, like, chasing them. Of course you did. Like, like, that is, like... But by the time I realized what had happened, they were inducing gone. the fact that they would just drive away. The fact that they ran a red light and then they drove away. They're clearly, obviously, already on the run or right, something. Right. But, uh, I would have been furious. And you know what's happening now? And is there's like, no recourse. It's just, like, I guess I'll swallow that. There is no recourse. And yeah. what's what's frustrating now is, like... This is, as I said, two accidents in like six months when I had never gotten one in my yeah. life. Now you're just like, yeah. you're like nervous. Yeah, you're like, of course oh, you are. A little uh, the arrow turned green, but can I go? to like, like get behind just... the wheel. And Jackson was okay. You yeah, everybody's were okay. fine. Everybody's yeah. fine. And the car is drivable. Like I said, I drove it today. But we have to get it fixed and got to pay the deductible and got to do this. And it's you just so want to be like, it's vulnerable. Though. Hey, if that's you who drove away, like, congratulations yeah. on not having to pay for my car and you're a scumbag. That's yeah. what I want to yeah, say. There you go. There you go. That's uh, it. That is a pastor. That is straight from a pastor. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it vulnerable? Like, I think getting in a car wreck is one of the most vulnerable things. Even if you're okay, even if you drive away fine, like, you're just a little shaky and like, oh, whoa, a thing happened that came out of nowhere and just totally could have been a really big disaster and when it's a really big one then of course it's very intimidating but added to that the fact that the jerk drove away i feel like we'll solve this as a common good listenership we're gonna solve the mystery and we're gonna bring this guy to justice that would be amazing (laughs) actually that would be great so aubrey had a much better weekend than that oh i I had a great weekend i had a wonderful weekend Minus that. That's like, how. other than that, how was the play, Mrs. Lincoln? Right? Like, that's one of those scenarios. But thankfully, everybody's okay. All right, coming up next, Aubrey, I finished one of uh, a podcast. I listen to podcasts all the time. I finished a, like, six-episode series of Malcolm Gladwell's Revisionist History this morning, oh. and I told you off-air it's the closest I've ever come to crying listening to a podcast. <gasps> I cannot wait so to I want to share this. one important thing that he brings up. We're going to do that next year on The Common Good. AM 1160, hope for your life. AM 1160. Hey, friends, welcome back to The Common Good. AM 1160, hope for your life. Alongside Aubrey Sampson, I'm Brian Fromm. Kind of some fun music here. I love this. Yeah. It's always like... What's the music when we I know, come back? It is. What is it? The hard part too, just as a radio host, is you don't you got to match your energy to the music a little bit, and that's always a little like that's always in my mind. Can I match it well? Okay. 
This could be a good game. What does our producer Laura Fitch bring on, and how well do we react to it? People don't also know because we're not. We're only an audio medium. Yes. Uh, maybe we'll change that someday. But you're only an audio medium, and so you're always dancing I'm when always these dancing. come on. I love it. It's good. Good tunes. Yep. Yep. Well, glad that you're with us today uh, on a beautiful Monday afternoon. All right. Went for a walk this morning, and I. The biggest reason that I wanted to go for a walk was I wanted to finish the podcast that I was listening to. So I've told you before, one of my favorite podcasts is called Revisionist History yes, by Malcolm Gladwell. I have got to listen to that. Malcolm Gladwell just finished, the one I finished listening to today was the last one in a six, um, a, a series of six okay. podcasts okay. on gun control oh, wow. and the gun issue. Wow. And so if you know Malcolm Gladwell, you would probably have thought, this is going to be a really liberal, mm. uh, we need more laws, we need more yeah. gun. With it. And he said going into this, and there's some of that. Yeah. But it goes so much deeper than that. Mm. And so I want to really encourage people out there, yourself included, yeah. to give it a I'm listen. looking it up right now. Because, Aubrey, he really brings out the hum- – a lot of – some of it's in Chicago, which is also an interesting here. Wow. But the humanity and the nuance he brings out of the gun control discussion – I'll never look at the gun control discussion the same way on either side, looking at it as like, well, we really? need more laws or Second Amendment this or this. And the mm. what, what made this last one so powerful was maybe we can get him on sometime. That'd Not, be fantastic. Oh, hey, I would love to get Malcolm Gladwell sure. on, but I need to go back and listen and get the guy's exact name. But the sixth episode, he's just interviewing and talking to an, a, a trauma doctor in the – like on the south side of Chicago. Wow. And I forget the guy's name, but he um, he grew up in this part of, of Chicago, very dangerous part of Chicago where there's a lot of gun violence. Mm. Uh, was brilliant. I believe he got his uh, his medical degree at like University of Chicago, and most of the guys then go off somewhere else. Sure. He was challenged and went back into Come this on. area and Come became on. like the first trauma guy. Aubrey, the stuff he talked about was just unbelievably heartbreaking and the stuff you do. Mm. But in their discussion, Malcolm Gladwell and this guy were discussing um, – this is kind of where he lands the plane with the whole thing. He talks about – Gladwell talks about uh, a past podcast where somebody gave an amazingly short definition of sin. Okay? Yeah. Uh, Father Keenan. Uh, let me read it to you from Father Keenan's word, and this is what kind of the last thing is about. He says this. Sin is simply the failure to bother to love. Mm. Our sin is usually not in what we did, not in what we could not avoid, and not in what we tried not to do. Our sin is usually where you and I are comfortable, where we do not feel the need to bother, where, like the Pharisee, we have found complacency. A complacency not where we rest in being loved, but where we rest in our delusional self-understanding of how much better we are than others. It is at that point of self-satisfaction that, like the Pharisee, the prodigal's older brother, or the rich man, mm. we usually do not bother to love. Wow. So Gladwell named this last episode, um, Failure to Bother to Care. Mm. So I don't want to ruin it for you. you still go back and listen yeah. to it. But his whole point is, in the end, we all need to figure out what does it mean for us to care mm. about this debate, mm. not debate, this issue. This issue. So if this guy who's a doctor in the south side of yeah. Chicago, whose brother was killed, who's this, he said he probably knows of 15 people who've been, 
the stuff he talks about, about why there's so many shootings on the south side mm-hmm. of Chicago was just it blew blowing. my mind. Wow. But Gladwell's point is also those of us who live out in the suburbs, mm. like what you're really removed from it. But mm-hmm. what's it mean to care? Yeah, and because you're removed, you don't really have to care. Right. So and what so, does it mean? Yeah, wow. And they're saying really sin is to not is a failure to bother to love, which I thought was huge in this conversation, but in general So many conversations. In general, right? Like mm. but you do think about it. What's mm. the point of the Good Samaritan story? Mm. What's the point of you know, he brings up the older brother with the prodigal son yep. or yep. the rich, any of them. Yep. What is the point in some of these? Mm. It's not what the people did. It's what they didn't do. Yeah, right. And right. so I thought this was mind-blowing for me, this not mm. – I, I left – I don't know what it means for me other than being moved and listening to yeah. it. But this idea that that at the heart of the gospel is, mm. an, is a – I almost said an invitation, a command – Mm-hmm. to care and to love. Mm-hmm. And many of us have insulated ourselves in all these topics, this one being the gun problem we have, uh, with being able to not bother. It's fascinating to me, just even the definition, like sin is simply not even the failure to love, the mm-hmm. failure to bother to love. Like the fact that we're not even willing to be bothered enough to do something or mm-hmm. step in or care or Whatever. I think that is so fascinating. Our sin is where we are comfortable, where we do not feel the need to bother. I feel like I might use this for my sermon on Sunday. So thank you for that. But that's so that's interesting, of course, in relation to the gun debate and the gun violence in the city. Like you're saying that it can be easy in the comfort of our suburbs to just not bother to care because we're not impacted by it. Here's a guy who was deeply impacted by it and now has stayed in the city to try to make a difference, right? And Mm. it got me thinking not just on this topic, right, but for the church in general or myself, right? How often can I become very self-focused? There are things – I live in the suburbs. There's things in the suburbs that we need to care about. Totally. uh, In our – in our suburbs, in our neighborhoods, in our state, in our country, in yeah. our world. Yeah. Sometimes I think that's a really uh, convicting definition because it's not a failure to to bother to care. No, I mean, it's not like a, a failure to care. It's a failure to be bothered to so care, even, I think, is so convicting. Because yeah. I'm going to be honest, I got a lot going on in my life. I Sometimes know. I can't be bothered with I these know. things in my I mind, know. and that sounds terrible. No, but it's so true. I mean, and and let's get really big picture with it. Like, you know, I'm going to be this person for a minute, but like the Gaza Strip, things in Israel, yeah. Thing, yeah. Ukraine, like even that you think globally that you can't, it's so easy not to be bothered to care because for whatever reason, we don't need to necessarily unpack the reasons, but it's like until it's. Until it's happening on your front doorstep, you you aren't really faced with it. Like That's it's right. so easy to kind of easy to be uh, protected, I guess, against it. And so, but you're right. Even in the suburbs, like there are things that are worth being bothered to care about, That's and right. it's so easy not to. So go home, oh, not to wow. all tonight, but give it, put it on your priority list okay. when you're driving okay. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Skip Gladwell's got many seasons and all of his stuff's pro- it's my favorite podcast. Okay. But go to the most recent six episode one that he did on uh on guns and the gun issue in our country and you will uh be fascinated wow. by it. By the way, for another day, I never stream anything but I've told you my my wife and I are now uh 
probably a third of the way through the final season of Ted Lasso. <gasps> when we finish, oh, we have a when lot we finish, to talk about. we're going to do multiple segments on my thoughts on Ted Lasso. Wow. I, so I got to yeah. finish it first. Okay. Uh, but yesterday we watched a bunch. We, you know, we got there's a, a lot of feelings about season three. Well, right? I don't want to know them yet because okay. I think we're only two episodes into season three. Okay. Okay. So you have warned me. I know I yeah. warned Carrie that you warned me on yeah. where we're heading yeah. here. So. Okay. Okay. All right. Coming up next, two really strange stories from the weekend. I want to discuss them both. We're going to do that next year on the Can't Comic wait. Good. AIM 1160, hope for your life. Hey, friends. Welcome back to The Common Good, AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Alongside Aubrey Sampson, my name is Brian Fromm. Great to have you with us on a beautiful mm-hmm. Monday afternoon. Gorgeous out there. Are Gorgy. you counting down the days? It's a week from tomorrow. Is uh, your holiday, yes, Halloween. I am. Um, that's not really my holiday. Sure it but is. Yes, I'm. You decorate for I it. I am very excited. You've bought, you've bought like, special costume. costumes. That is accurate. It's that your holiday. Accurate. You know, my real holiday is Christmas, and we all know that's true because the day after Halloween, my tree's going up. No. Well, no. My, no. my youngest son did ask me, Mom and Dad, please wait until after my birthday. His birthday is November 2nd. He's like, I don't want the tree up for my birthday. So we're like, all right, November 3rd, everyone mark and your your husband calendar. agrees with this. Oh, this is his, I mean... You know this by now that his love for me. his giant tree that's like 18 foot tall and the thing is such an ordeal. I mean, it takes a week to put up and decorate, so you have to do it Feels early like Thanksgiving for it to be a week. thing. You know, not at our house. No, no, no. <laughs> it is. But but to be honest, Hallmark started their countdown to Christmas Friday. I'm already watching Christmas movies. That doesn't matter. Our worship pastor's already listening to Christmas music. Target had so. Christmas stuff up in like September. Yeah, yeah. I get it. It matters to us, Brian. It's okay. You don't have to love life as much as I do. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love Christmas. I would think if I put my tree up in the beginning of November, by early December, I'd be tired of it. You're really not. But you know when you are, like January 1st, you're like, done. Boom. Done. Put it away. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. You ready? I tease this. Crazy story. I'm just going to read to you the story here, so the headline, ready for this. and then I want uh, to unpack what this tells us about. Are we? Is this person in, to be applauded? Oh, or is this person to be shunned and shamed? Okay, all right, let's find out. Man arrested for faking heart attack twenty times at restaurants to avoid paying the bills. Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> twenty times. 20 times? 20 different restaurants. He goes, no. oh, I figured out how to not Brilliant. pay the bill. Okay. So I it's mean, Spain. A 50-year-old man I from mean. Lithuania was recently arrested <laughs> in Spain uh, after he allegedly faked heart attacks at several restaurants in order to avoid paying the bills. The no. man, who is no. identified only as Ados J, has become known locally as, uh, I don't know what that word is. It's Spanish. Uh, has tried the scam at least 20 times over the past year at different restaurants, according to the Spanish newspaper. <laughs> Most recently, the man ordered a seafood paella and two whiskeys Ooh, nice. uh, at the restaurant in late September and had a bill of essentially only $36 oh. U.S. Okay. Man, we need the to man to... attempted to leave without paying, but the Spain. restaurant staff stopped him and noted how he still needed to pay the bill. The yeah. scammer became visibly upset. And see, he was going to get the money from his hotel room. When the staff refused to let him leave without paying, the man dramatically threw himself on the ground <laughs> and pretended to have a heart attack. Come on. Not fooled, the staff called the police instead of an ambulance, and the man was recognized by local authorities. Come on. So he got caught, 
but this was number 20. <laughs> so I ask you the original question, applauded or shamed? I mean, I'm going to applaud the guy. <laughs> like, I, this is the most entertaining, entertaining, like, and and the the hood spot like like to go in and be like all right I'm doing it I'm ordering a big meal and then I'm just gonna fake the heart attack like you gotta be all in right there's no because in some situations they're gonna call nine one one now I know it's Spain I know it's Spain but whatever the Spain number is and sending him off in an ambulance you know what I mean like this guy yeah. has to be all in for this. So I applaud the gumption. There's, I mean, there's he's a, a lot con of questions. Man. There's a, a lot of man, questions but... to be raised here because <laughs> would it not be in his files at the hospital? Would it not be like people, the oh, doctor going, yeah, wait, this is yeah. the 18th time you've been in it? Yeah. So there's some nuance to this story, I'm sure. But yeah, like maybe they're not really calling 911. Maybe he's like, no, I'm fine. I don't need to call. Don't call. I just don't need to pay. Yeah. <laughs> He needs to get taken away in the, in the ambulance I, so it's not to pay. I, you know what's really funny about this is I feel like one time I would have been like, oh, this guy's so dumb, blah, 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 blah. But 20 times I'm like, I'm deeply impressed. Who's playing <laughs> this guy in a movie? Let me remind yeah, you. Let me remind you. Yes. This guy probably is of the stature in which it makes sense that he'd be having a heart attack. So yeah. you don't want a real physically fit guy. Yeah. I've you, got it. I know exactly who's do. playing I this guy. I have an idea too, but I can't. Oh, I got it. I got it too. Who's yours? Would you like to go first? No, what no, what no. if we have the same person? Well, okay. Are you? Can I ask you one clarifying yes. question? He's from Lithuania. I'm casting a white guy, though. I don't have a Lithuanian yes. no, no, actor. No, no, no. Just my... one of our actors. Now. Okay, who's yours? Kevin James. <gasps> Kevin James. <laughs> that's literally who I thought too. Because you could see I don't him think falling that speaks down, well of Kevin having James. a heart attack. <laughs> like you could see it. You could see it. It's Kevin James. That's I, awesome. I, I, I say he's a hero. What do you think? Yeah, I think not a hero. You just went a little oh, I went too far. far. I went too far. He's a, what do they call that? A, um, the He's anti-hero. To be nice job. Yeah. Good he, effort. Infamous. He's infamous. Good effort, my friend. Yes. But uh, it's probably time to come up with a new, yeah. with a new I scam. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's obviously a con, but it sure is funny. So, okay. Second story is also really strange. Not funny. Okay. But it is another one where I shake my head and go, what are we thinking? Did you see what happened at Michigan State University this weekend? Um, where during their football game, now they blamed it on like a third party. Yeah, the person has gotten either suspended or fired this. where they just supposedly they grabbed like a they supposedly grabbed like a YouTube like video like mm-hmm. trivia contest yes. and didn't look at it first. Yes. Think about not just all the time. This shouldn't be OK, but especially what we're dealing with now. Mm. They were playing a game basically called What Country Were These People Born In? And onto the screen came a picture of Hitler. Stop. 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 Hitler. Stop. Stop. A pregame quiz asking the birthplace of Adolf Hitler. And so, of course, some people took uh, pictures of it yeah. and sent it around going, I can't believe this happened. Uh, uh, vice president at Michigan State and the director of athletics said, uh, an initial assessment was conducted, and an involved employee has been identified and suspended with pay pending the results of an investigation. Can we just make a blanket statement here? Let's hear it. Not allowed to use Hitler for anything. Oh, never, 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 never. 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 Nope. You can't. You, nope. Not trivia. Yep. Not sermon illustrations. Do you remember? Nobody should ever go, hey, I know what he did is bad, but you know who led really strongly? <laughs> like You've heard those guys. You're like... Hey, if the answer to anything you're bringing up is Hitler, yes, don't go there. There was a great movie. I'm looking it up right now. Taika 
Waika, wow, what's the actor's name? He uh, Tom Hanks. No, Taika. <laughs> hold on, the Waititi. There he is. He's New Zealand. It's a desperately sad movie. Jojo Rabbit. Do you no, have you seen Jojo Rabbit? No. Okay, highly, highly recommend it. And he uses Hitler in it in a very interesting, dark, comedic type of way, but it's so sad. And like, that's the only time I've been like, okay. This works like you've however you did this, you did it well and thoughtfully. I don't know that non, you know, would Jewish people think that I'm not sure. So that's a fair thought. I just don't think in a trivia game. There's no trivia game. Never. No, no, no. Like this is not where was Tom Hanks born? What was the birthplace of Osama Bin Laden? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you just don't. There should be no trivia. Yes. Sermon illustration. Funny joke about Hitler. All right. You want, this is a little bit of a sad story, but a little happier. Ready? We'll get off the Hitler stuff. Yeah. Uh, that's that's the theme of our show. Okay, under the common <laughs> good. We'll get off the Hitler stuff. Hitler stuff. Uh, Bobby, the world's oldest dog ever, broke the Guinness World Record, passed away on Friday in Portugal. Oh, sad. Do you want to guess old how he? old the, the, the oldest, oldest dog, dog ever was? How do dogs dogs live till they're like 12, essentially, right? I would say a, if a dog hits 15, they are old. Okay, I'm going to go 25. Bobby uh, lived to be 31 years old in 165 days. No way. Are you serious? What kind of dog is Bobby? I'm looking at this. I can't quite tell. In Portugal, at an animal hospital. Uh, Yeah. All right. Isn't Portugal one of those places covered by the, like, what do they call it? Like the blue zones where people live longer. Maybe even dogs live longer. He was a Portuguese breed of farm and guardian dog with a life expectancy of 12 to 14 years. I want to know what Bobby's, like, last 10 years were like. Like, was he really doing okay, or is he just, like, suffering and his owners, like, would not let him go? You know I, I like mean? to think that Bobby was frolicking in the Portugal farmlands until the very end. Do you know end. that he had a birthday party, a Portuguese birthday party, attended by more than 100 guests and was in the Guinness Book of World Records? At that age. That's by the way, very it grinds impressive. my gears. One of the things is people who throw birthday parties for their dogs. Yes. But if it's thirty-one, we'll go with it. We'll go with a thirty-one. That's the only time it's allowed. Speaking of grinds my gears, <laughs> I've got one, and it's gonna it's gonna launch us into a very fun discussion. Ooh. You're gonna want to hear about how does marriage change over the years. Oh, this is gonna be <laughs> very call your husband right now. We're gonna do that next year on the Common Good AM eleven sixty. Hope for your life. Everybody, welcome back to the Common Good. AM eleven sixty. Hope for your life. Alongside Aubrey Sampson, my name is Brian Fromm. Great to have you with us today on a gorgeous Monday afternoon. There's two good baseball games on today. Monday night <gasps> football. This is when you need to be a sports fan. October. I know it is a good time October. of year for the sports. Your people. husband was posting Super Bowl he Super was Bears so yesterday. Yesterday about the Bears is a big uh, day in our house. It is a good time for sports fans yeah. all around. It's like yeah. NFL. Postseason baseball, the start of basketball, college football, you got hockey. This is uh, what many people say is the best time of year for a sports fan. So hope you're enjoying a wonderful day. Your work week is off to a good start. Aubrey, I spent my lunchtime coming, you know, driving up to the station and I said, I'm going to stop at Panera. As you do. As I do. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed a bowl of chili while doing some <gasps> Ooh, church it's work. it's turkey chili time oh, at it Panera, is, isn't it? It is. Mm-hmm. While doing some emailing good and stuff. some other church work. And... uh I saw something that I have raged against before to you. 
Okay. I'm very curious what you're going to say here. Clearly a young couple in love, dating, engaged, married, I don't know. They appeared to be dating. Okay. And they did for me, Aubrey, what is one of the cardinal sins. They sat on the same <laughs> side of the booth. <laughs> I there are There's a lot of times in this world I tell people, you be you. You do your thing. I'm not going to step in. This is yeah. not one of them. Yeah. I look down upon people who share a side of the booth. I, I'm married to a woman who feels similarly. <laughs> so uh, before I get into our bigger topic here, thoughts on people on the same side of the booth? Absolutely not. No, 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 no. Like, okay, I'm trying to think if there's an exception. Maybe. A child? <laughs> yes, a child. I think the opposite of a child. An older couple, sure, sure. I think, would be really cute on the side of the booth. Kind of like Carl and Ellie from Up. Like, I'm you okay with that. always bring up Carl and Ellie they're from my, Up. They're my people. Um, if you're working on a computer screen and Mm-mm. you need to be side by side, Mm-mm. no, you don't think that Because here's what happens at places like this. You can also get a table. You can also get a table. Where okay. you kind of sit on, yes. on parts yeah, of the yeah. square. Yeah, okay, okay. But yeah. but I think it's not cute. The point is, I'm trying to say it's not the rule. Maybe the rare exception, but it's not cute. I agree with you. It's not. So you cute. do. Yeah. Was do. and this is going to get you. us into what it made me think about. Was there ever a day dating, engaged, <laughs> early in marriage, where you and Kevin felt differently about oh. these sitting on the same side of the booth, where you would go to a Chili's or a whatever? Hands. Oh, oh gosh, Hula I love hands Hula Hands in, in, in Donata. Donata Square. Yep, no yep. longer there. R.I.P. The Hula Hands in Donata, mm-hmm. where you would go. Hey, let's sit next to each other in this booth. I don't think so. I. I don't mind some PDA hand-holding, like, even when we were young and in love, like... When you were young and as opposed as to old not and now. not in old love. Old and not in love now. I know, I sound that kind of funny today. But I don't know that there was ever a day, even in our early dating, that we were, like, booth side-by-side yeah, side people. and I never were. Yeah. Never I might have forgotten, but I don't think so. I want you to ask Kevin when you go home Okay, today. I will. I think he would sit on the same booth as me now. Like, he, no. he likes, you know, he likes to snuggle up tight, and I'm like... Girl, give me a little space. So this is an, you've led me to where I want to go. Ah, okay, okay. How has life changed? <laughs> I want you to go back to dating, engaged, early marriage. Yes, like that, okay. By early okay. marriage, I mean like first six yeah, months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So dating to like the first six months of marriage. How, what did you guys do back then Oh. that you no longer do? I will, I'll preface this, please, people. Don't be juvenile about this. We're having an actual conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. So I will say there were probably more romantic gestures. So what I mean by that is like, you know, I would make Kevin a mix CD, right? Oh, the old mix. And I remember I when would, we were dating, Carrie made me a mixtape. Yeah. And yeah. I would even like, I mean, Carrie probably did this too. I would take a lot of time with like the cover art and it would be very meaningful. The meaningful of the songs. The songs yeah. were very meaningful. You take a lot of time to create a mixtape or a mix CD. I would even make him little just like cutesy books with like mm. puzzles and I don't know, just like very creative little items um, and those days are long gone, I would, <laughs> I would say. Um, yep. So that, that's what comes to mind. Some of the more, the, the romantic gesture okay. type of stuff is different uh, than it used to be. What about you? I would say early in marriage or dating, a lot more hand-holding. We'll still mm. hold the hands walking down the street yeah, or something. But, we still hold hands. You know, a lot, yeah. lot, probably more. I'm going to just 
you know, if my wife is listening, she's going to just give an emphatic yep. yes to yep. this. I used to be a lot better with things like flowers. Yeah. Things like notes. Yeah. Left behind, you know, notes hidden around or, yeah, that's cute. or something. That's a or, thing. or for your birthday, I wrote you a poem. Yeah. Or can stuff I, like that. I, I, I think that stuff has gone a, a little bit away. Yeah, it's gone a little bit away. I think in some ways, there are certain categories where I actually think Kevin has gotten a little better. Like oh. when we were first married, he was actually pretty bad at like remembering to bring the flowers or to do the cutesy note. Or She's trying like to that. make up for so lost time here. And I think I've gotten better at communicating. Hey, I need you to okay. remind me you love me. Like that kind of thing. <laughs> remind me you love me. <laughs> you know, like, I need a reminder. But I would still say in general, yeah, that sort of like those, you know, very early years when you just like always want to be with each other and you like are talking on the phone. And That's you're another one. And, I know. Be <laughs> talking on the phone for hours, right? Yeah, like yes, hours. Yes. And now like Kevin will call me and I'm like, why are what? you calling? <laughs> like, <laughs> <What>? Text me. <laughs> What's or, wrong? Or like he won't respond to my text messages, you know, because he's That's like, funny. why do you text me so much? So like that, that stuff has changed. You know what else has changed? This is a big one. This is a big one. When we're, you know, when you're first dating, the guy wants to impress you by helping you with things like, (laughs) hey, babe, could you help me, you know, hang this picture on my wall? And he'd be like, of course I would help you. One time I needed help moving a piano and Kevin helped me do that. Now it is like. We were dating at this time? Dating, early married, like, you know. But now, like, asking, like, I. He's a good man, y'all. I'm not trying to complain about (laughs) There are vice versa things as well. If he was on here, he would say them about me. But, like, I've been asking him to hang this one mirror for, you know, our whole marriage. It feels like, you know what I mean? So that, those kind, they don't need to, you don't need to impress each other. Yeah, so let's end this here. Yeah. So this could sound depressing to people. Like, oh, marriage. I would say our marriage, my wife and I, it is richer and deeper now than it's been. But it's different. Yeah, it's different. And so what's the thing? I think the thing, I think the takeaway is lean into the difference. Yeah. Like what makes it rich now yeah. versus before when it was all, oh, it's all new. Like all this kind of stuff. Yeah, that's good. What is it now that you can lean into? Mm-hmm. Because this is not a thing like, oh, marriage just gets stale. No, it's just going to happen. I don't I feel think, that way either. Nope, yeah. not at all. So what's the takeaway for people? I think a couple of things like, like, what a true deep love is, is not like those things are sweet and cute and we should do them for each other, but they're not the sum total of what romance is or what love is. Yep. And it's in one sense, that's sort of the shallow initial version. And so not to be sad or surprised because the seasons have changed, but to do a few things like Brian said, like reflect on what is deeper, what is better. Like, I feel like me going on a date with my husband now is so much richer than it would have been 10 years ago Mm. or 20 years ago, even when we were at our most flirty. Like now it's really fun and we laugh so much and we get each other and we. And so I think you can celebrate the ways that it has changed without it having to feel like, oh, no, why? Why has that part of it died? Like, I think it's just maturity, like your faith with God, like these things mature, they deepen, they change. And also then I think you can lean into like, well, where can we step up and remember to bring the wife home flowers and, and to honor the husband in a way that makes him feel loved. Like, 
I think you can do both. Like celebrate how it's changed and gotten better and richer and deeper and remember some of those fun little sparks and do them again. And so what I hear you saying is that my wife shouldn't expect flowers. No, I was like, we've matured was, past no, that. I was just thinking on your way home, on your way home, you get flowers <laughs> for Carrie. That is my final word. Brian, I saw something in the New York Times, uh, not from a Christian nurse. Okay. I don't think so, but a hospice nurse. That does sound very like highbrow. Like, I saw something in the Times. I was reading the New York <laughs> Times the other day, as I do, um, by the while riding my horse and sipping nope, my. No, nope, I go too far. <laughs> I go too far. I was trying to think of something hoity-toity. I feel like horseback and horses riding. Horses are that for you? While I was playing, what's the horse game with the? Uh, that the is polo. While I was playing polo and sipping something fancy, I almost, I, I, I'm just not bougie enough. I can't no, even, you are not. I can't even pretend to pull it off. If you well. think that horse riding in the day and age of cars <laughs> is it. I guess that's true. All right. Well, a hospice nurse was over at the New York Times talking about embracing the grace of dying, obviously, mm. uh, faced with that each and every day in her job. Um, But they asked her some really interesting questions, Brian. And one of the things they asked her was this, what should more people know about death? Okay. This is kind of a heavy topic, I realize, to talk about on a Monday evening, but I thought it was pretty profound. She started with this. She said, people should know what they want. I've been Mm. in more situations than you could imagine where people just don't know. Meaning, do their loved ones or do they, if they're able to have these conversations, do they want to be a nursing home or do they want to be at home? Do they want to be an organ donor? Do they want to be buried? Do they want to be cremated? And she was like, the issue is a little deeper. Someone gets diagnosed with a terminal illness. Mm. We have this culture where we're like, fight against the illness, you know, combat it mentally. And so then they don't have the hard questions Mm -hmm. about, do you want to be buried? Do you want to be cremated? Because... Those aren't uh, victory words. Right. You know, those aren't right. positive mindset words. Though That's the opposite of like, you're going to beat this. It's like, oh, no, this is really, really serious. Yeah. So she yeah. talks about like, you kind of need to know what you want. That's that a, makes sense. Yeah. And even, you know, even our age, you're like, you know, you would think that this is really far down the road, but you just never know. And so I would think the freedom it gives your family to say, hey, if something happens to me, my wife hates these conversations, yeah, but to go, hey, if something were to happen to me, don't worry about doing this or yeah. do this yeah. or, you know, whatever. I think it's just, it's being loving to your family is so what too. it is. And it also saves those conversations of like, uh, you know, am I, do I want to be on machines? Do right. I want to right. think about those in advance, even if you're, you know, you and I are in our mid forties and we're like, oh, I'll think about that in my sixties or seventies. Like. No, do that now. It's going to be important. Yeah, I think that's so good. And you're right. Like, it is hard. Nobody's, like, wants to have that conversation. But I think to think of it as an act of love for your loved ones is really, really a good Mm -hmm. idea. Okay, they asked her this, too. Um, Whoever's interviewing her says, I was reading these articles recently about how scientists are pursuing breakthroughs that could extend human lifespan to 120 you and I have actually talked about one of those breakthroughs, which is like a drug cocktail where you're getting you're filtering out old blood and getting new blood. I don't totally understand it. But anyway, but we saw how all those rich people are trying yes. really hard. Yes. Yeah. So basically, um, they're asking are like, OK, some people think they can cheat death. We mm-hmm. know you can't. But what are your thoughts about ex- increasing lifespan? Is mm-hmm. that worth doing? She says this. She says, I don't want to live to be 120. I've spent enough time around people who are close to 100 to know this is dark, but I think this makes sense. Once you start burying your children, 
you're ready. I think that's so true. Yeah, she said, I don't know anyone over 100 who still wants to be alive. Like, I think that is really true and really insightful because when we read these articles of, like, people who are like, I'm doing all I can to extend life, that's – they have this perspective of, like, I'm trying to extend my current life. Yeah. And by all means, eat well, exercise. Sure, of course. Take care of yourself. But, man, like, again, kind of a dark conversation, but Mm – most of the people I know who are in their 90s, yeah, obviously you, you get, there's a reason they like write articles and do news stories about people who are active in their 90s, yeah, right? because it's so, yeah. And it ends so up unexpected. being like, I, I can't think of the number of people who have said things like, I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yes. oh, like, I, I read, not recently, but within the last six months or something, a dear person I visited in the nursing home uh, and this person was like, can you pray that I would die peacefully soon? Wow. And you're like, wow. Yes, I will. I will because do that. Of this. And so, I, I, again, real kind of dark, but like, yeah. if, if you could get me, if I could keep all my faculties, get me to my like low 80s yeah. and let me fall asleep in my comfy chair oh. and not wake up, done. That's the Sign dream, up for it right? right there. Open your eyes with Jesus. There you right? go. <laughs> Close my eyes watching a game. <laughs> now, she is not a religious person, but the, interestingly, they kind of ask her about that mystery, like when people die. Mm-hmm. They, they ask her about something called the in-between. I think that's a phrase she uses, how she would describe as between uncertainty and knowing. So I guess between life and death. And they ask her like... um, she says something that she believes our loved ones come to us when we pass. So when it's our time to die, she believes our dead loved ones like greet us and carry us over. And and they ask her like, so if you're sure of that, where's the uncertainty? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she says this, the uncertainty I have is what after this life looks like. People ask me for those answers and I don't have them. No one does. I mm-hmm. feel like there is something beyond, but I don't know what it is. When people are having these in-between experiences of seeing deceased loved ones, and I think she talks about this as a hospice. She's watched people dying who are like greeting their grandparents or their parents or whatever. She says, sometimes it's okay to ask what they're seeing. And I'll find that these people will say, oh, I'm going on a trip. They can't seem to find the words to explain what's happening. She says this. So the conclusion I've come to Mm. about whatever is next is that it cannot be explained with the language and knowledge that we have here on earth. Yeah. This is not a Christian, but someone seeing someone die talking about that. What do yeah, you think about that? There's something more. Yeah. There's something going yeah. on that even if you're not a believer, there's honestly, when you see, and I have not experienced as many times in my life, but when you see a person die surrounded mm-hmm. by family and stuff, it's a holy moment. It is a holy moment. It yeah. really is a holy moment. I This has been heavy and deep. So can I tell you something I read about something like yeah, this? Yeah. That isn't nearly as deep. I read an article that blew my mind the other day. Uh, in a nursing home, that they have a theory there was a cat. And the theory is that cats can smell death, like that your stuff it, like changes. Yeah, like, yeah your that... chemicals start to change. In this one particular um, nursing home, uh, they were used to this cat. And the cat would have, like, they would be like, oh, I think this person's going to die next. And they wouldn't, the cat wouldn't go there. The cat got 20 in a row correct. No way. 20 in no a row. So there's something way. to this. Well, you know, and, they, and so what they would do is wherever this cat went and laid and like tried to comfort someone, they knew we've got to like call the family 
We got to give special care. I think that's amazing. Like those types of things yeah, are mind blowing. I think blowing. they're mind blowing. When we too. say that there's more to this than we get, yeah, right? Like we like yeah. to think we've got it all figured out. Yeah. We absolutely do not. Well, and even here's a nurse who's not a Christian. She's even saying in some places she struggles with the supernatural. But she says this I've met people who don't believe in the supernatural, but then their grandparent went through this kind of thing and they realized as their grandparent was dying, they weren't alone. And so there are people who don't necessarily believe in God or believe in the existence of something out there, but they're seeing something and it's like, I can't explain that, but something happens. I think you're right. Like it's just, it for us, of course, as Christians, I think it's evidence that there is something at work. I know somebody who claims, again, I don't have reason to either disbelieve this or believe it, right? Yeah. I'm just, I know somebody who said that multiple family members that they've been in the room for when they passed def- definitively looked at something in the corner of the oh, room. That, and they died. say that happens. Right? Like, yeah. who knows? Uh, we're going to find out one day, right? We're going to find out. I just think the terrifying thing is as if you're a cat owner and these things just follow nope, you. Nope. All of a sudden, you're, you're like, wait, your why cat, is this cat around so your much? It's really clingy. <laughs> I'm like, uh oh. Uh-oh, something's wrong. Hey, hey, we'll be back again tomorrow from 4 to 6 p.m. For Brian Fromm, I'm Aubrey Sampson, and you've been listening to The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.